0: Good to see Maureen back after a lo- few weeks away, healthy and wealthy here again today. Maureen, it's good to see you, well done, excellent. Now Steve was meant to be here today, taking this morning, but he's got COVID, so there's been a change of plans, so uh, you got me again. So um, later on we're going to have a couple of games, um, we need some. We should need some volunteers to do different things. and. Put some blindfolds and stuff like that to have a game just a bit later on. But just to remind you about next Sunday, it's Sabbath Sunday, and we won't be meeting here in Vibe next Sunday. But we should be doing things that we arrange amongst ourselves. And I hope we've got something arranged to do. That'd be good, wouldn't it? See how that works out. First time we've ever had a Sabbath Sunday, so it's a new experience for me anyway. Lots of things on our mind, obviously with Steve and Jenny with COVID and Afghanistan and the Christians and the, the migrants and all that sort of stuff that's happening with the government. And I thought it'd be good for us just to stand, if you can stand, it'd be good to stand and just pray for these things and these people. God is in control. He's, um, he loves people and he just wants to bless this world. But it's good for us as a church just to pray about them and to lift them up to the throne of God and pray for his glory ultimately to be manifest. And we shall pray too for the Holy Spirit to be welcome amongst us this morning in power we pray. Father, we just thank you for this amazing day. Thank you, Father, for the rain, even though it was rather a lot last night. We just thank you for the fact that you meet our needs in so many ways especially today we want to bring steve jenny and amy to you today i just pray for recovery pray for health and strength you're the god of healing we just bring them to you and pray you'll bless them at home today we pray for our world and particularly afghanistan's on our mind lord with many many christians in difficult circumstances and situation we pray for protection help and guidance for the future and your help for them We pray for all the situations connected with that, for all the migrants, Lord, and it's not only in Afghanistan, but over the world, people displaced and lost. And Jesus, in his day, saw people wandering about, helpless. We just pray that we won't live in a helpless world, but one where Jesus is known, praised and glorified. And Father, we welcome Holy Spirit amongst us this morning. Father, we just take this opportunity to thank you for giving and sending Spirit of God it to be in us and with us as a church. We know that you will bless us and keep us and strengthen us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You can take your seats. In a moment, we're going to start off with a song, Our God is a Great Big God. And there are many psalms about the greatness of God, but I just want to read you a few verses from one of the psalms. And it goes like this. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious and splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. Let's take that opportunity in our first song, Our God is a Great Big God. Stand if you want to, and move about if you want to, but let's praise God. Thanks, Helen. Um, We On the table here we've got three lots of body parts With a head, two hands, a body and two feet or two legs if you like And um, I'm going to ask for three volunteers to be blindfolded And we're going to mix these body parts up So they can feel the shape and then put them into order So I need three people to be blindfolded And three people to do the blindfolds um, I thought, Nora, you'd be good at doing a blindfold. And I thought, Olivia, you'd be good at doing a blindfold. So if you'd like to, like to come forward. Adam, you can do the other blindfold. How about that? You can keep charge of the two girls. That would be good, wouldn't it? Excellent. Now I want two, three people to be blindfolded. Casey, that's good. It doesn't have to be only children. How about you, Anna? No? Oh, it's going to have to be two adults then. So which, oh, John? Oh, okay, John. Right, three blindfolders. We would like to just mix the parts up after they've had a look. That's it, mix them up, put them all over the place, and then you can, Adam, you can blindfold John. Casey, where's my, I haven't got two more people to be. Yes, come on, Sarah, that's the other person. Yeah, you'll need the glasses off. Of course, the trick of this is to feel the parts and to know where they go, isn't it? Right, Nora, you've got to blindfold, Sarah. Can you reach that high? Yeah? Okay, maybe she'll kneel down then. Come round to here, Casey. and Line up. That's a good girl. That's it. Right, in a minute we're just gonna start off with a slow clap and give them the go. Right. OK, yeah, OK, 10, 9, 8, okay OK, let's slow clap, go. Take your blindfold. Let's have a look. Yeah. So how do you think you've done? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Well, it's difficult when you can't see, isn't it? And it's difficult just working by feel. Just think how blind people must uh, feel. They have to live by feeling <laughs> a lot of the time. The last few weeks and this week, we think how important it is To be the church, the body of Christ. And how uh, Paul, writing to the New Testament Christians, he said, it's like you all being a body part, and you have to be together, and you have to work together, and you have to share together. And that's one of the greatest images of the church, is being like a body. And so it just reminds us how important it is to be that part of the body in our local church. that's a good game. Anyway... So let's move on, shall we? We're going to sing now at your name, and um, we think of the greatness of God, and His name is great. And as a church, let's us make His name great. Let's praise His name. We have the ability to shout and to sing and to think, and let's celebrate the name of Jesus. So let's sing together, shall we? <coughs> So in a minute, in a few moments, we're going to be joined by Martin Siegel from Canterbury, uh, from City Church. He's going to be preaching on the Vimeo, which will come up on the screen in a minute. And strange, we had a storm last night because Martin's actually preaching about the storm on the lake where they saw Jesus walking on the water. So there is a connection for us this morning. I hope you didn't see anybody walking on water last night because you might have been so frightened not to be here. This morning but anyway we joined with martin after martin has brought god's word to us we will have the opportunity just to worship together for a few moments just to uh, just to, uh, to talk out our praise and, and what we understand about jesus and thank god for him together so paul it's over to you well
1: hello good morning uh, beacon church handbag wonderful to be with you this morning via video. Sad to not be with you in person, but I do pray that what I have to share this morning would encourage you no matter who you are and no matter how old you are. My name is Martin. Uh, I'm based in Canterbury at the City Church. Uh, I'm one of the elders in the church here. Uh, I'm married to Catherine and we have two wonderful daughters called Annabeth and Millie, and we're also part of the relational mission family of churches. And I've got the joy within that of serving and supporting some churches and church plants. And actually one of those is you. I have the privilege of getting to um, be involved in what's going on, speaking to Steve and with the elders about where God is leading you and what God is doing. And I want to encourage you. It is an exciting day to be part of the Beacon Church in Hound Bay. God has great plans for you. God has great uh, works for you to step into. And as we come out of these challenging seasons and walk into further challenging seasons, but also new opportunities. I want to encourage you with all of my heart. Let's be those that walk in faith, believing that God is with us, God is for us, and God is leading us into the days ahead. But Steve's asked me just to share this morning uh, from the Bible and uh, pointing us to Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 14 verse 22. Gets get some water, that's why i was leaning forward. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read this passage, and I just want to share some thoughts about Jesus. So let's read this together. It says, immediately he, that's Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land. Beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we come to your word expectant this morning. But we come ready to hear from you. I thank you that this morning our eyes will be enlightened afresh to who our God is, of what our God has done, and who we are in him. And so Lord, we say our hearts are positioned ready to hear from you, ready to respond to you, and ready to follow you. So speak to us this morning, we pray, in your name. Amen. So this morning I just want to share some thoughts. There's no real structure to this talk. Uh, There is just some Uh, Things that I want to highlight from this. This is a passage that God's been putting on my heart over the last season. It's one I've been coming back to, I've been praying into, thinking through. But it's also one that if you are a Christian and if you've been in church for a while, you will probably know this story. If you grew up in Sunday school or if you've been around the church for a while, this is a passage that we'll often come back to, we'll be referred to. If you've been a Christian for a few years, you may remember a book written by Philip Yancey called If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. It's a passage that we really know, but I pray today we would have fresh revelation to some of the wonder that we can find in here. And here's the first thing that really struck me, is that whenever I have read this passage, whenever I've heard it talked about, it's often referred to the time that Peter walked on water. It's often how it's remembered. And yet in my Bible, uh, at the start of sections in, in each chapter, there are little subtitles, little headings. Now they weren't in the original. Greek or in the original text and manuscripts of scripture, that's been what, those that have put this together to serve us as they added in chapters and verses, they also added in these little subtitles to help us. What I find really fascinating is this, my subtitle doesn't say Peter walks on the water, mine says Jesus walks on the water. Now I think that is hugely important because this passage is not about you and I ultimately, it is about Jesus Christ. And that is true about our lives as well. Our lives are not about us, they are about him. Whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever challenges you're facing, whatever joys you're encountering, they are meant to be a a vehicle to point us and point others to Christ. You see, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Jesus is the God of the universe. He is the creator and the sustainer of all things. Jesus is the saviour of the church. Jesus is everything. So the first encouragement I want to give us this morning is to God wants us to be a people that live out the parable of the man that finds the treasure in the field trips over it, finds treasure in the field. What does he do? He runs, he sells everything so that he can have that treasure. That is Christ to us. He is our treasure. We want to get rid of everything. Our lives are for him and are about him. But let's look at who this Jesus is. You see verse 22, it tells us immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, or he dismissed the crowds. And after he's dismissed him, he goes up to the mountain by himself to pray. I love this. Jesus is a God who prays. He's one who has intimate relationship with God the Father and God the Spirit. We believe in a Trinitarian God, one yet three, the mystery of God. And I love that while Jesus was on this earth, he modelled intimacy for us. Now, we didn't do it just because, well... People are going to follow my example, and so I should do these things. And some leaders will. Some people will be watching me, and so I'll perform for them. That's not what's going on here. This is showing the deep relational connection Christ had, the Son had, with the Father and with the Spirit. He sent the disciples away. He sent the crowds away. So it wasn't a performance. This was about being with his Father. And what we see is throughout Jesus' time on earth, this is what he did. He modelled deep intimacy with God, Jesus Christ, God himself, is one who is so intimately connected with the Lord. He's a God who prays. He's a God who enjoys relationship. That's what he models to us. But this is what I find breathtaking, is that we also read in the Scriptures and in the New Testament that not only did Jesus pray when he was on this earth, but Jesus is praying today for you and I. It tells us in Hebrews that he has uh, ascended to heaven, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding on our behalf. Scripture teaches us that today Jesus He's praying for you and I. He's championing you and I before the Father. Not trying to persuade the Father to love us, but just praying, God, that we would walk in the fullness of all that Christ has won for us. That our words really would be all about him and not about ourselves. He's a God who prays. Friends, when we are facing difficulties, we don't have a God who is distant and disappointed. We have a God who is so close and interested and fighting for us. And one of the ways he fights for us is through prayer. Jesus is praying for you today. He's the God that prays. I find that breathtaking. He's conquered all things. Jesus, through his death and his resurrection, who's now ascended and is seated in glory. And one day will return and will judge all that have ever lived. And those that have put their faith in him, he'll draw to himself all of eternity. In this moment, he's praying for you and I. That's how committed Christ is to us. Not just on the cross. Look to the cross and see a God that is committed and devoted to you. But know that that devotion didn't end at Calvary. It continues today. Jesus is deeply committed to us. He's the God who prays. But here's something I find really interesting is that Jesus' disciples at this point have got into their boat. They've gone into the sea and they have encountered a pretty severe storm. I mean, it's the waves and the winds are beating this boat. It is intense, it is difficult, and it is terrifying is what we see. What strikes me about this is two things. Firstly, we read at the start of this passage that it was Jesus himself who sent the disciples into the storm. He sent them in the boat to the sea. He dismissed the crowds one way and he dismissed the disciples another way. He was intentional. In encouraging disciples to get into the boat and go across to the other side. The disciples had been obedient to the will of God. They had followed what God had said and they had found themselves in the middle of a storm. Now when I go through difficulties in life, when I go through metaphorical storms of hardship and trouble, so I often think that's God's punishment upon me. That's God's disappointment. He's disappointed in me and so he's allowing me to face these things. But what we see here is that sometimes, and sometimes, yeah, trouble comes our way because of decisions we make and and things we do, but sometimes we can be right in the will of God and be facing storms, we can be facing troubles. Now, why is that? Now, there's lots of mystery to this. I'm not today telling you I know the answers of why, but there are some reasons we see in this passage. The first is this, that Jesus doesn't just send them into the storm and leave them, he meets them in that place. I love it. I love the way it says this in the passage that we're reading today. It says, The boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. Jesus sent them into the storm, but he didn't leave them there. He went and met them in that place. God has not abandoned you. If you're facing real difficulty and hardship in your life today, I want to encourage you. I feel like God would want to use me to remind you that he has not abandoned you. Jesus is a God that meets us in unexpected places and in unexpected ways. The disciples are far away from land. The last thing they're thinking is that they're going to see Jesus, who they left back there with no boat. Now, I wonder if I was one of the disciples and Jesus says, get in the boat, would they be like, but but Jesus, how are you going to get to where we're going, because we're traveling via boat to get there, and there are no other boats around. It seems like they don't even question that. They're like, okay, Jesus, yeah, in they go, into the boat, and off they go. They're far away from land. Not only that, they're in the middle of a storm, which, again, you wouldn't really expect to see someone coming towards you in the middle of a storm. And I love this, in the fourth watch of the night, which basically means between three and six in the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm never expecting God to speak to me between three and six in the morning. Anything earlier than six feels inhumane. When my children wake up before then, I just feel like, what is going on? This is this is an ungodly hour. We should all be asleep in this moment. And yet Jesus meets them in that place. Friends, you may be in an unexpected season. You may be feeling isolated and alone, hurt and afraid, disappointed and frustrated. Jesus wants to come and meet you in those unexpected places. So what we see throughout the Bible is that we have a God who meets his people in places they're not expecting. There is nowhere that you can go to escape the presence of God. And that is a glorious thing. That's not a threat. That's not a warning. That's a delight. That no matter what season of life you find yourself in, Jesus will meet you there. But he'll also meet you in unexpected ways. He walks on water. He walks to them. They're far away from land. That's a long walk. Sometimes when I've come to Herne Bay and the tide is out. And I'm like, I really came for a swim, I want to go for a swim, but it's so far, it's a long walk. Imagine a long walk on land, but a long walk on water, in the middle of a storm. Jesus walks into that place. What's really interesting is his presence doesn't stop the storm. Jesus sent them into a storm, he missed them in the storm, and the storm continues. The storm continues. Jesus sometimes is with us, and that doesn't change what we're facing, but it does Comfort and strengthen us. There's an internal change that happens when you realise that God is for you. What's that internal change? About? I'd say this: that actually, we begin to view things through the lens of faith rather than the lens of fear. Because you see, when Jesus first appears, the disciples are afraid. They're afraid because there's a massive storm, but they're more afraid because they think they've seen a ghost. Jesus is walking past them, and we read in Mark that actually, it tells us that Jesus' plan was just, just to pass them by. And actually, he's walking. They see him. They freak out. What is going on? There is a ghost. They cry. They are originally looking at through things through the lens of fear. But then Jesus speaks. Take heart. Do not be afraid. It is I. When Jesus speaks, when Jesus draws close, it doesn't matter if the circumstance changes. The lens of how we view things will will suddenly see see things through the lens of faith. And when Jesus speaks to us his words to you and I today in the storms that we're facing and the troubles that are going on around us, no matter how old we are, whether we're missing our friends, whether we're struggling financially, whether we've got physical health problems, marital difficulties, relational breakdown, whatever it might be in our life, Jesus says to you and I today, do not be afraid, take heart, it is I, the God that is kind, that is good, that is loving, that is holy, that is just, that is merciful, that is all-powerful. I'm coming close to you. I'm drawing close to you. Let me encourage you. Let me challenge us today. Are we viewing things through a lens of fear or through a lens of faith? Because you see, what happens is the storm doesn't disappear, but the attitude changes as suddenly, Peter pipes up. Lord, if it's you, ask me to come and I'll step out of the boat. Now you can imagine all the other disciples are looking at him like, "Is he crazy? Is he ge- is he genuinely going to walk out of the boat onto water?" You do know what happens when a human goes onto water; they sink. Now Jesus, we understand, he's pretty impressive. He's he's different to the rest of us. But Peter, you're not that impressive. You could just imagine all the disciples stepping away as Peter stepping forward. And I love the fact that that's what faith does. Faith will lead us to doing some reckless things sometimes. That doesn't always mean that we do the ridiculous. Peter wasn't thinking that he would sink. He's thinking he's going to get to Jesus. That's what faith is, coming close to God. Whatever's in our way, whatever obstacles, doesn't matter. I want to be near Jesus. That's what faith does in us. And I love the fact that Jesus calls him out of the boat. He responds and he says, come. Now, it's interesting that if Peter hadn't asked the question, would Jesus have called him out of the boat? We'll never know. But I love the fact that here, it seems, Jesus responds to the faith of Peter Peter's faith that says, God, if that's you, call me and I'll come. Jesus says, okay, come. He responds to his faith. I could just imagine with a little smile on his face. Proud of Peter for wanting to step out, of wanting to come close to him, of of having faith in that moment. Jesus calls him to himself. Jesus delights when we step out in faith. Some of us, we are waiting for some kind of, you know, voice from heaven telling us what to do before we step out in faith. Today, I think Jesus is inviting us seek counsel of those around you, seek counsel through scripture but if you feel God leading you into something and you're not 100% sure but you know that it could be something that really brings glory to God step into it there's some helpful checks common sense checks through the scripture that we can see is it going to bring glory to God is it going to align with the principles of scripture is it going to help others is it going to serve the poor is it these kind of things if you feel like yeah these align I think today Jesus is saying come Lord is that you yeah come step out in faith today friends it's the God we have. He calls us out the boat. But often it's in a response to our faith. Sometimes God is proactive. He will come and intervene and interrupt our plans and our directions. But sometimes he lets us take the initiative. It's the God we have. The mystery of the sovereignty of God is it's the both and you'll see through Scripture. And I think what strikes me is that Peter then steps out of the boat. And as he's walking on water, a miracle has happened. He is walking on water. His focus shifts again, away from Jesus and to the storm around. He, he, he gets distracted by things going on and that results in a change. Suddenly he's looking through the lens of fear again. And what happens? He sinks. He sinks. Now we've all had these moments in our lives, right? Where we've stepped out in faith we're feeling like walking in the things of God. Suddenly things have started to go wrong or there's pressure coming or people are saying things or, or whatever it may be. And our focus moves away from God and to our circumstances or to ourselves. I should not be here. I cannot walk on water. I cannot float. Down we go. That's the challenge we all face. But here's what I love. Jesus immediately reaches out and pulls him up. When the disciples were terrified and they thought Jesus was a ghost, it says Jesus immediately spoke to them. Friends, our mistakes, our failures, our sins don't cause God to run away from us. They cause God to draw close to us. If you would call yourself a Christian here today, then the Romans tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not trial or tribulation or famine or sword or nakedness. Nothing can rob us of being close to Jesus. He is the one that immediately reaches out. Some of us, we believe in the lie that God's distant from us because of things we've done in our lives. If we repent, of those things which means saying, I recognise I shouldn't be doing these, I want to follow you Jesus, not other things. And we confess those to those around us that we trust and to God himself. He is a God who immediately draws close. Don't believe for a second that your sin has created an obstacle. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to take that which would separate us from God. He who knew no sin became sin. Jesus took the punishment of God. He took uh, all of the guilt and the shame upon himself so that we can walk freely in the love of God ourselves. He immediately pulls him out. Jesus speaks to him. He says, are oh, you of little faith? I, I, I've often read that and read it as Jesus telling Peter off in that moment, are oh, you of little faith? I think probably because when I was younger, my experience of those in authority over me was often they'd be telling me off, rightly so, uh, because of the way I'd done things. I just read that tone that Jesus has. As I've grown older, as I've come to know God more, I wonder actually if it's not quite that tone that Jesus is using. I think Jesus is jealous for the devotion of Peter and of the disciples. He's jealous for you and I to love him more than anything else. There is a sense of where he's wanting to bring a challenge, but I feel like there would be a warmer, gentler tone there that Jesus is bringing. It's from a place of love and affection he's saying these words, not from a place of judgment. As I said, Jesus took the judgment of God upon himself for us now there's discipline that comes our way which means God won't just let us plod on into the wrong things he wants us to run after him but it's from that place of discipline of wanting to bring life and and vibrancy into who we are and fruitfulness and I feel like that challenge that Jesus is bringing in that moment he brings to you and I are we operating with a place of little faith that Jesus would be saying come on there's more for you than this I died for you so that you could know fullness of life walk in it walk by the spirit Live out the fruit of the Spirit. Step into the gifts of the Spirit that I've given you. Walk in freedom and liberty that Jesus has won for you. It's the invitation we see. With this, I want to end another reason why Jesus sends them into the storm. Another reason why Jesus doesn't protect us from the difficulties of life is this. We read this at the end uh, of the passage. It says that um, when they got into the boat, two things. The wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. See, when Jesus stepped into the boat, the wind ceased. He didn't even have to speak. Now, there's another story where Jesus is asleep on the boat with the disciples. And a storm comes and the disciples are terrified and they wake Jesus up. Don't you care? We're going to perish. And Jesus speaks to the wind. Be still. And the storm stops. We see here Jesus doesn't even have to speak. The power of God is so immense that he doesn't even have to talk steps into the boat and the wind ceases. There is an obedience to the will of Christ that all of creation carries. That is who our God is, allowing the disciples to go into the storm, allowed them to see the power of God in a manner in which they wouldn't have seen themselves. And I know that's true for my own personal walk. These last two years have been incredibly hard for us as a family, different challenges. We've had, my dad has died, my wife had cancer, I've had uh, kind of a serious bowel condition. Um, We've been through COVID. We've had issues with building works going on. There's been quite a drama. In all of those, I can tell you, they have been hard and difficult, but I have seen things of God and the power of God in ways I would not have seen if I hadn't gone through those. Friends, believe that God is using these things. You know, Joseph says in the book of Genesis, talking to his brothers who had sold him into slavery and cast him aside, what you meant for evil, God has used for good. I think sometimes What the enemy means for evil, God will use for good. The challenges and the storms of this life will allow us to see him in a way we wouldn't if we didn't go through them. And what is the purpose? And the fruit is ultimately this, the end of that passage. That we as the disciples worship him and recognize that he is truly the son of God. Wow. Friends, my desire for you at the Beacon Church, my prayer for you, at the Beacon Church, is that you would grow as worshippers of God, that you would grow in the knowledge of God, of who he is, that he is worthy of worship. He is better than anything else in our lives. Friends, if there's anything that's snuck into our hearts that has actually begun to take the place of, of greatest value, that are good things, but they've become God things, friends, family, money, popularity, work, our house, our car, our possessions, whatever it may be that today, I want to encourage you, see Jesus for who he is in all of his splendor. Let those things fade away. And again, devote ourselves to worshiping him and believing that truly he is the son of God. And if you're here today, and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Friends, the invitation is here for you as well. That this Jesus, who is all about him, who prays for us, Longing for us to come to know him and walk in the fullness of knowing him. Who meets us in unexpected ways and places and times. Who wants us to look at life through the lens of faith rather than the lens of fear. Who can call us out of the boat and respond to our faith and our initiatives. Who's jealous for our devotion and who is worthy of our worship. Is today inviting you to come and know him. And so I'll encourage you, if you don't know Christ, today, start the journey of exploring who you speak to someone that you've come with today or speak to one of the leaders in the church and we would love to help you come to know this Jesus who we honestly believe is the God that is with us in the storms but is also greater than the storms let me pray Lord Jesus I thank you for who you are I thank you that you are the great God who's bigger stronger mightier than all other things and yeah I thank you that you're the God who cares who prays who meets us in the difficult situations and doesn't tell us off, but invites us to know faith in the midst of it and to know you and to see you in a greater manner. And Lord, that's my prayer for each of us. Lord, would we see your power at work in our lives? Lord, would the storms and the problems of life draw us closer to you rather than push us away? Lord, would we hear your invitation of grace and of love today, I pray, in your name. Amen. God bless
0: you. Thank you, Martin. If you see him or you've got blown him up, thank him for the message this morning. But he's given us lots to think about this morning, especially about how great our God is. As I said before, we're going to spend a short time of worship uh, in a moment and um, we'll have the opportunity just to pray into those things, to so thank God for his goodness. But before we do that, we've got another little, another little game and um, I would need about two or three volunteers. The object this time is to see how many items you can identify in this bag by feeling. So who's going to be my first... Volunteer. Okay, she's very willing this morning. She, well, Wally, well done. Give Wally a clap. Come on. It's hard to be a volunteer, isn't it? Okay, you've got 30 seconds, Wally, to see how many items you can identify in that bag without putting your hands in. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. See if you can feel from the outside. Oh, wow. No cheating, you okay, see. No. Is that right? Okay, okay yeah. off you go. You've got six. Well done. Right. Who else is going to have a... Come on in, Casey. Come and have a go. You know now what's in there, don't you? So, um, yeah. Well, that's it. Well done, Wally. Thank you very much. Okay. There's no more items in there, so you've done very well. Looking through the lens of faith or fear. I suppose COVID's been like that, really, isn't it? You've either god's going to do some great stuff in this time or what am i going to do how am i going to get by what am i going to do so as we just worship we're going to start with that song that my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness And that will lead us into our time where we can just thank god together thanks built on nothing less Kon diar shita pakari ya Hunda kun da giraba shanna ma ke diar shamma baba ke harana ke diar shira ke germo ko marana kanana kadaa shitaraba Gudaba shaba Mangambanda itaraba
2: Lord, we just want to pour out our praise to you. Lord, you are the only answer to this world's chaos, this world's sorrows, all that's going on in the world, Lord. You are the only answer. You're the only answer to all the things that are going on in our lives. And Lord, we thank you that you love us, Lord. You love the whole world. You gave yourself for the whole world. You gave yourself for us. Lord, thank you, Lord that you are the answer. And we thank you that we can worship you and praise you this morning to know, Lord, that you know every detail of our lives, Lord, everything that's going on. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you that uh, the Gospels, the story, the life of Jesus and his disciples is not uh, a book full of superheroes. But they're people just like us, people who get fearful, people who doubt, Um, Lord, people who mess up. And um, Lord, thank you that you don't hide any of that. You show how Jesus dealt with people just like us. And Lord, we thank you that through that we see, we have your assurance that, um, Lord, you are with us in all the ups and downs of life. Um, Lord, we're not promised that we'd be spared them, but we are promised that you will be with us. And in that process, you teach us and train us. And, um, Lord, your desire is to make us more like you. And, Lord, that's our desire as well. Lord, we pray that as we respond to the things that happen to us in life and as we look to you, Lord, um, little by little, we'll become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. If you really have an interpretation for the tongue earlier, just feel free to give that too.
3: You know how much I love you, Lord, and how long you've been closer to me in my life and to the church. And Father, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. You are so great. You are so mighty. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lady, who had the issue of blood for all those years, and nothing could be nothing could be done in the natural, but she reached out to Jesus, and He healed her. And Father, I pray that we will have that faith to reach out to Jesus to be healed. And Lord, we long to be in this place where we will see these things happen regularly. That as we pray for the sick, they will recover. Lord, You promise in Your Word that they will recover. I pray for faith. I pray for expectancy. I pray for boldness to step forward and pray for these dear people. And then stand back and be in amazement as you do the mighty works that only you can do. Come, Jesus, we pray. Come, Spirit of God. Come to this church. Let this be a place of healing where people will meet with you, will find you, will be healed and set free. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
0: Yes, Father, let this place be a place of healing. And if you feel you have a specific word about someone needing healing, then let's speak that out to you. We'll have our second song now, shall we? Before we continue to worship. Yeah, Father, I'm just uh, I just we thinking about what Martin said. Been singing these things. I just uh, sometimes those those fishermen were struggling in their professionalism. And I just feel that maybe someone here is struggling in their professionalism, if you know what I mean. You're taught to do things in a specific way. Now, it could be our work, uh, our workplace, or it could be in the home as a wife. You're struggling as a wife or a mother or as a grandmother or as a a housekeeper. Or it could be struggling even uh, as a role in life. And uh, sometimes we do struggle in our professionalism. Um, That's you. I believe God wants to come and meet you in that sort of little storm of life and help you with that. In my life, I struggle with many issues in my professionalism. And you reach out to Jesus, and he comes and helps you, shows you different ways of doing things. So I see Rachel's here, and just come in a minute, Rachel. Just pray, Father, for each of us in our role in life. We may not You give us the grace to do our job properly, give us the help we need when we approach the difficulties, we find difficult situations, we ask, but we know, Jesus, that you are the helper, you are the lighthouse, you show, you care, you understand all that we do and all that we say, and we just pray that we may be a body of people this morning, Father, that are just going out with our role in life to witness to Jesus and to declare his glory we pray in Jesus' name.
4: Mm. Um, just during one of the worship songs, I just had a picture of, um, it's a very simple picture, but um, just a lot of darkness and then a tiny little crack of light, and I felt reminded how when you're in caves or in tunnels, you can be in immense darkness for a long time, and in the distance you might see a tiny bit of light, and without the perspective it looks tiny, but as you draw closer to it, it can actually be quite a big gap, and a um, crevice. And I just felt in line with what Martin was saying, um, that God wants to encourage us to pursue that. And although, as Martin said, like, Jesus meets us as and his arm will reach down and pull us out, we still have to be intentional. You can't stay in a dark cave and see a tiny bit of light and expect the light to move all the way to you. You have to move um, towards it. But as you move towards it, actually, it can be an all-consuming light and a, a way totally out. So, yeah, just to... Um, just an encouragement that God's light is there um, and just keep keep pursuing him, pursuing time, and that can be time in the darkness spent with him. Thank
0: you, Rachel. thank you, thank you. Yes, it fits in so well, doesn't it, with what we've been hearing and saying this morning. So We've sort of come to the end of this morning, but we just need to commit our time to God and just pray his help and guidance and continue. And just to remind you about next Sunday, that we won't be here. There'll be, vi- be a vibe this week, but you may be approached about joining in with something, so just uh, just wait, and you'll be approached. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you, Father, that we've opened up the doors, we've walked the stairs, we've set up the stuff, we've sung the songs, we've read from your word, we've heard message, all because of Jesus. Father, just bless every movement, every intention to glorify him. Today we pray, and we thank you for the opportunity to do that. We just pray your blessing over Beacon Community, Lord, that you would draw us together, keep us together, strengthen us together, and help us to be family on mission, we pray, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Bless you all.